coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed On Movies. I am Teddy. And I am Matt. And we are here once again to bring you our thoughts on the current movies in our classic chaotic neutral movie podcast way. Our classic chaotic neutral podcast movie way. Yeah, I like it. We are chaotic neutral. That That's us. We are the chaotic neutral of movie podcasts. And this week... We're here to talk to you about Uncut Gems and Little Women, just as we promised last week. And we're also going to talk to you a bit about the Oscar nominations, which are out now, have been out for a little bit, and we're once again in the thick of the Oscars race trying to see them all. Excited. It's been fun. That's all I've been focused on for a while now, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, um, I I feel like I'm already falling behind, uh, to be quite frank. But fortunately, um, like once again, our preparation has uh, like got us in shape for this. We don't have too many movies to see. I feel like it's just a matter of getting to the ones that we do have to see. Do you know how many you have to see? Have you counted that? Uh, I have. I don't have the number on me right now, but I can bring it up by the end of the podcast. Okay, cool. In the meantime, why don't we talk about uncut gems because okay. this this is a movie i've been dying to discuss on the podcast um once again we're seeing uh another movie from the softy brothers which we have praised previously on this podcast we love good time big fans of the softy brothers big fans of robert pattinson in that movie so we were very excited to see this movie come out and oh man did it deliver oh it did it was something else um yeah, I mean, if if you haven't seen a Softy Brothers film before, even if you just haven't seen Good Time, like what they do really well, and what I think is kind of a lost art in cinema is the just absolute expertise of the anxiety film. They know how to create a movie that will just have you nervous and freaked out the entire time. Uh, it's pretty much the antithesis to the feel-good film. Uh, and it is so brilliant and well-executed and that you can enjoy it just in that aspect, even if it doesn't make you feel good while you're watching it. Yeah. it Actually, in that sense, it's actually the perfect foil to Little Women, um, which we'll also be talking <laughs> about. <laughs> um, like, this movie is like, I was like, white knuckling my armrest every time adam sandler walked on screen i wanted to be like shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up but i couldn't tell him to shut up because he never listened um but i was just like clenching my armrest the whole time and yelling it at him yeah i mean it's true it's one of those movies where like the protagonist like keeps doing so many things you're just like why why would you just just stop just stop doing these things like cut it out and like, but he doesn't stop doing that. He's like, he keeps working his way into these more and more difficult situations that he then has to work his way out of. And uh, it's just, it's wild to watch. 
Right. So it like builds on like, like you are anxious as you know, his safety and also his family's safety, just like physically, literally, but also like your like sense of like secondhand embarrassment is so intense about this entire movie. Cause it's like, you could just like not do the things you're doing. Right. Um, like one thing. So watching the trailers for this movie, it really reminded me of that James Conn movie, the gambler that was remade a couple years ago with Mark Wahlberg. Um, But like when I actually like went and saw the movie, it reminded me even more of that. Like just not just the, the obvious surface level fact that it's both about like gamblers who are in over their head, but like it does the same sort of thing where it's like, you see them like make mistakes time after time. And they're like, they always seem like they're about to work their way out of it. And then something else goes wrong and they have to figure that shit out. Uh, It's, it's rough in the same way. In that way, I feel like it's really like a throwback movie to this sort of 1970s filmmaking. Um, And it's really, it's the kind of movie you just, you don't really get to see anymore. And uh, it's, it's fantastic. Basically. It is really good. I mean, yeah, I mean, all of his problems are his own making. So anytime they come up, it's like this, you did this to yourself. So <laughs> it's not just like seeing him like figure out like ways he can get out of them. It's like, but you could have just like not gotten yourself. Right. Situations, um, the whole time you're watching, because like you see him create his own problems and then they come back to bite him in the ass like an hour later. So, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, that he's, he's not like totally innocent in this situation that all, a lot of his problems are his own doing. And yet at the same time, you're just like, come on, like, just like you could do this, just figure it out. And he always seems so close to like getting everything together, but uh, doesn't quite get it together a lot of the time. There are some Um, key moments where he almost could. And he just like fully done, like, man, he's an idiot. He is a dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I don't want to give away too much because I feel like this is the sort of movie that you should just go and see for yourself. Um, It's, it's a fun ride to see from beginning to end without knowing what's going to happen because a lot of unexpected stuff happens and it would be a shame to rob anyone of that, but just know that it's totally worth the time. If you're willing to, see a movie that might make you a bit uncomfortable at times. And uh, it's really a masterclass in the anxiety filmmaking genre. It's like (laughs) one of the most like stressful movie going experiences you could possibly have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, I I think it's worth noting um, besides just Adam Sandler, who's obviously fantastic in this movie, um, if you have only seen him in his comedies and don't know the skill and depth that goes behind his dramatic performances, definitely check out this movie. Definitely check out Punch Drunk Love. He has chops. He can do it. And he shows it off to the fullest extent in this movie. But beyond just Sandler, uh, there's some great dramatic performances worth noting in this movie. Um, Idina Menzel is ob- obviously great as always. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, he's always great. Um, we know him from Get Out, from Sorry to Bother You, and yeah. he he's always 
so unique and interesting and he does not disappoint at all in this movie um one that was quite a surprise was kevin garnett i mean (laughs) (laughs) oh you don't you you don't expect the basketball player who's coming in and acting for the first time to really deliver a stellar performance but i mean and even he's playing a version of himself so in theory, he doesn't have to do a lot, but I thought he brought so much energy to this movie. He really sold the fact that he was like so obsessed with this opal that he had to have it, that he like viewed as a source of his power. And obviously the fact that he was a real basketball player really tied in a lot to that whole sort of superstitious nature of athletes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he definitely just knocked it out of the park. He was great. I, he was a another key anxiety point in this movie. I mean, this movie combines your just like fear of things going terribly. Second, like the like the anxiety of watching a close sports game in like high stakes <laughs> environment. Like I was like, this is basketball playoffs. I'm gonna like short circuit here. Like exactly, it was really intense. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even usually watch the NBA, so like I don't I don't care about those sort of games. But I'm like watching this and i'm like holy fuck like how are they gonna do it like can they can he make the bet can he finish it out like it was really good and it perfectly captured the anxiety of watching like a really important basketball game absolutely Uh, i think like without a doubt this is one of the better basketball movies ever made uh so i love it for that and yeah i just i i really hope that people go see this movie unfortunately it has not been getting the awards recognition that we would hope that it would get um it didn't get nominated for any oscars which is really a shame um because i i could name several people who worked on this film who would definitely be deserving of oscars obviously i think this should have been nominated for best picture this should definitely have been nominated for like some of the technical awards like best editing i thought would be really good uh, but I thought Sandler especially would be definitely in the running to get a best actor nomination for this. Yeah. I th- so in the lead up to this, I felt like every outlet was saying that they assumed Sandler get a nomination and yet he did not like basically I was saying it. And so why did nobody vote for it? Like <laughs> it makes no sense and he deserves it. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like, maybe the movie got hurt a bit by being released kind of late in the nomination cycle. But I mean, there was hype about this movie for months before it actually came out. I mean, people knew this movie was coming out. People know who the softy brothers are. People know that Adam Sandler doing a dramatic turn is usually at least worth watching. So you'd think that people who were in the voting part of the Academy for this would have, known that this was coming and expected to give it some attention. But I I don't know. I find it really strange that it didn't like not a single nomination. And there's so many good things about this movie beyond just like the acting, the directing, which is obviously fantastic, but like the score is really good. There's, there's just so many different elements to it that are fantastic and worthy of winning an award but not a do single we know one if and i didn't read all of them but do we know if it was shortlisted for any of them like uh, if it was even in the final consideration yeah I, I don't know i don't i don't really pay attention to the shortlists 
Neither. Or like the stuff leading up to it. <laughs> um, maybe someday I'll get like really into it. I just wait for the nominations to come out. Yeah, I but, mean, I don't care enough about a pay that close attention, but I was just curious. Yeah, it's, you know, the part of the problem is a lot of our favorite movies end up missing out. So it's hard to get too invested in award season, as always. Most um, of my favorite movies get snubbed because most of my favorite movies are horror. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, at least at least The Lighthouse got one nomination this year. It may be just a, a single nomination in cinematography, but at least there's some part of the Academy that's respecting the amount of talent and skill that went into producing that movie because it would be embarrassing if that didn't get something. Well, cinematography is a good choice, but still, less than like, Midsummer didn't get anything. So, ah, uh, don't <laughs> remind me. Don't remind me. Just bringing it back. You know, there. I know there are like awards shows out there for horror specifically and for independent movies, but. I really think that they need to get bigger. We need more attention paid on those shows because uh, that's where the real gems come out. The real uncut gems. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. We do. I feel like horror just needs its due at the big awards shows. Um, and Gout didn't even really get much. It just got nominated, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... Did it... I don't think it won for did it win for screenplay? I remember it was considered to be like one of the front runners for screenplay. Yeah, but I and don't that, remember it won. It, this is the problem again. Like I can't remember these award shows more than a year or so out. But I mean Get Out should have won some things that year. It was and it was nice to finally see a horror movie getting respect from the Oscars. But of course we saw the regular arguments that we do whenever that happens. People like is get out really horror. Isn't it more of like a psychological comedy or something like that? And we're like, what the fuck? Like, are you, what movie are you watching? This is horror. All right. And right. just because it's good horror yeah, it, and it, it won has best a original. Screenplay. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, we got a good win there for once just because it's, it did not win best picture director or actor. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of par for the course, isn't it? But I mean, just because it doesn't fit into the like what people expect horror to be, which is just like some guy with a knife in the woods stabbing people to death and like it's horrible and it looks really poorly put together just because it's got like really good themes behind it just because it's like well constructed doesn't mean it's not horror it's just a good horror movie arguably it's a better horror and i just realized that it lost director and best picture to the shape of water and i gotta tell you <laughs> of the two movies that we're still remembering and talking about it's not the fucking shape of goddamn water jesus oh, yeah. that's true i mean i i don't want to hate on the shape of water because i that... do <laughs> That too is a genre picture in some ways. So I think that it helped elevate the art form a bit as well. But yeah, not, I, I do agree that it's a little weird that it won best picture that year. And uh, there were definitely some better contenders out there, but yeah, still it, it beat Dunkirk, get out lady bird and thread for gotta say any four of those should have won best director over shape of water any four of them yeah 
any of the four, I should say. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it that was a weird year, but I mean, what year isn't you know, we say that every year, like this was a weird year. Yeah, if you think back to like the last few years of best picture winners, there was Shape of Water winning best picture, there was um. There was La La Land winning Best Picture and then actually Moonlight winning Best Picture. Mm. And then there was Green Book winning Best Picture. Mm. So really, it's been a weird few years, at least in terms of the Best Picture race. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's been a weird few years in general. And the Best Picture has just sort of like been an example of that. I mean, that's that's the Academy, you know, shit's strange. We can never really predict what's going to happen. And we, the one thing we know for sure is that a lot of deserving films are going to be overlooked. Unfortunately, Uncut Gems was overlooked this year at the Oscars, but we hope that we can up the buzz a little bit for Uncut Gems. If it's still showing in a theater near you, check it out. It's really exciting. It's really like visceral and surprising in a lot of ways. It's not like most movies that you've seen and you have a chance right now to see it in theaters. So take that chance, get in on the ground floor. Let's do it. What an interesting way to put that. I do think it's worth seeing in theaters. The sound design is really interesting and you'll miss that if you're not in like a theatrical setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the sound was really weird for me (laughs) and I love that. Just like the way that, it would suddenly get like really thin and like artificial sounding and strange. Um, and like the soundtrack especially was a big part of that. Um, and they had Oneo tricks point never doing the music again. Uh, it was the same person who did uh, the music for good time. Um, so very, very good music in this very good sound in general. I highly recommend a theatrical experience, but at the same time, the softies, I feel like their movies, you could either watch them on the big screen in a perfectly projected auditorium, or you could watch them like on like a super pixelated pirated version on like a old Nokia phone or something. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and I think just, that's probably intentional on their behalf. <laughs> there's something about the softies version of cinema that it's like, let's make this dirty. Let's just like get it as gritty as possible. And that lends itself to all sorts of different formats and viewing experiences. That's, so have yeah. the softies ever teamed up with like Harmony Corinne? I feel like they need to just like <laughs> they hang out. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that would be that would be the best hang ever. Um I wanna I wanna to hear like a recording of that meeting because that would be great. Uh, Harmony Korine definitely has a lot of the same sort of uh, instincts when it comes to film. He was also snubbed. Not that I expected <laughs> otherwise, but <laughs> the beach bum should have won some Oscars. This I forgot year, about the beach bum. We didn't. You know. <laughs> we don't even have a chance to have Matthew McConaughey show up to make his Oscar acceptance speech in character this year. Well, he really should have been nominated for Serenity. Let's all be clear on (laughs) 
Oh yeah, Serenity. I will still. I still can. I know you will. That Serenity is actually a pretty good movie if you are willing to like warp your brain into the sort of thing that it's trying to have going on. We we've all done that for cats. We can't do it for Serenity. (laughs) Serenity. Serenity is in its own way remarkable it may not be a well-made film but it is certainly an entertaining film to watch (laughs) serenity may not be good it may not be well put together it may not be well directed (laughs) it's the same sort of it's an audacious film it had a very high concept and it went a little weird in some directions but at least it was oh oh it did (laughs) trying to do something you know and i respect that i really better than a lot of movies that came out this year that people like and um, you're right about that like uh, avengers and star wars but uh, yeah um hey let's not hate on avengers avengers was one of the better cookie cutter blockbuster outings avengers could have been worse that's true um but yeah let's, let's not get into that right now um yeah, so check out Uncut Gems. If there's nothing else to take away from this, check out Uncut Gems and check out the next movie that we're going to discuss, Little Women. Little Women. See, and because this one is actually relevant to awards talk, so. Yeah, I mean, like, we've actually seen a few nominations for Little Women. Unfortunately, not as many as we would have hoped for. There's Greta like Gerwig. one big glaring one that's missing. Yeah. Greta Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director, which is a huge disappointment. I think she definitely deserved it. I think the way she put this film together, especially putting a film together like this based off a classic book in kind of an original and interesting way, would merit a Best Director nomination. But unfortunately, we did not see that this year. Um, I think this movie, yeah, I think this movie absolutely deserved Best Director. It's. I think- and I think it's ridiculous that it didn't get it. Like, and I think that a large reason that it didn't get it is because she did get a nomination for Lady Bird. And so they were like, oh, well, we just nominated her. Well, you nominate Quentin Tarantino every movie. So, like, let's calm down. Like, she should, she should have won for Lady Bird, honestly. And, um, like, this year the category is a bit crowded. There's a lot going on with Martin. The category is, is genuinely Gino, strong this year. Bone like, Gino. Um, and Tarantino, I I really feel like one year he has to actually win a Best Director Oscar. Like it should still, not be for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, I'm sorry. it maybe <laughs> shouldn't be, but he has to win it some year, and it's silly yes. that he still hasn't. And I agree when, with that. It just if you take him at his word that he's going to stop making movies soon, then we have to think that at some point we're going to run out of opportunities to give him that award. Yeah, but. I mean, agree with that, but to like giving people awards just because we think they deserve one for other work. Like, I don't like that because I think that's what happened with Guillermo del Toro too in The Shape of Water. Right. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that mindset. And like, it may suck, but then you just have to live with the shame that you didn't give it to them when they deserved it. I'm sorry, you have to live with that. Yeah, I, like, I mean that. That is his work will still be remembered as great. Quentin Tarantino's I, work is not going anywhere. <laughs> I do hate when the Oscar becomes like a lifetime achievement award, even even though it's not really. Like, I mean, Martin Scorsese winning for The Departed, like, 
I mean, that was a good movie, but it's, not, any, it's not even a great. It's just a anyone, good movie. <laughs> would anyone say that that's the best of his films? That that was the one he deserved to win the best director Oscar no, for? No, but yeah, like <laughs> every everyone knew that. Like, oh, we have to finally give Martin Scorsese an Oscar so that we can stop worrying about the fact that we still have not given this legendary director an award. It's a problem, and I understand that like the academy has to grapple with this but um i i do feel like it sometimes comes at the expense of up and coming directors who like they could they could they're the ones who could really benefit from an award at this time in their career and um i mean Greta Gerwig definitely should have at least seen a nomination this year yeah, it's, I also guess I, I think true. it's like ridiculous because like this idea, like, I don't know what the Academy thinks. Like nobody really thinks of the Academy as individual members. We think of them as like this like weird conglomerate of humans. Right. 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 And so like your legacy personally is not tarnished by you're not giving an award to Guillermo del Toro ever. You know, like nobody thinks of what one voting member as the person responsible for that. Nobody. But like I, like so it's ridiculous that you are like so focused on that that you're like well we we can't just let it go known that the academy never awarded this person with this award because it's like but they don't nobody knows when you were a member of the academy and when you weren't no one cares nobody gives a shit like <laughs> literally pay attention to what came out that year and what was the best not who you think is the best overall and deserves it because they've never gotten it like it you're just doing a disservice to a lot of people and yeah you know it's like when return of the king won a bunch of awards and it was like well this was the worst lord of the rings movie by far uh, so thank you but return of the, <laughs> return of the king deserved those awards though it was a good movie and i like the fact that it won so many awards because it i showed... like your defensiveness the two towers is the best lord of the rings movie by like 800 miles it is. And, and it was it should have gotten all of the awards okay it was un. i but i think that just means the two towers was under recognized and the Return of the King was finally recognized to the level it should have been. What I like about Return of the King is that they the finally seven gave... endings in a row with <laughs> all the blackout. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the movie itself. I don't think that that was a little weird. But what I like about it winning so many Oscars is it finally showed like if you make a really big blockbuster, but you make it on the right terms and you make it well and you adapt the source material faithfully, you can win a bunch of awards. And like now we're hearing all this shit from like Marvel fans like, oh, they'll never give awards to a big blockbuster. Well, like look at Return of the King. They gave all those awards to a big blockbuster because it was a blockbuster made well and made faithfully and made with quality in mind and not just turning up stuff to a certain formula. So if you want to be great, if you want to win Oscars, look to the Lord of the Rings. Don't look further. You're right. You're right. I mean, Lord of the Rings is an example of the best version of block of modern exactly. blockbusters i'm yeah. not denying that <laughs> but anyway but, getting uh, back to little women because we're <laughs> we're veering hard into oscar territory and we're, we're gonna let loose in a little bit um but we have we have to give this movie its due first it's been nominated for best picture it's been nominated for best supporting actress um and it's been nominated for best adapted screenplay which are also pretty... best actress best what just oh, best yes. actress yes best lead actress as well Saoirse Ronan um who is fantastic and I like I'm absolutely pulling for her to win this year 
Oh yeah, shit. That was so deserved. She's incredible. Isn't this like this is either her fourth or fifth nomination? She gets so many best oh, actress nominations. It's nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. Uh, she should definitely win. She's incredible in this movie. Uh, but yes, it is a very good film. Highly recommend everyone check it out. It's just um, so I didn't have any familiarity with this story beforehand. Obviously, I knew it's an iconic story. Uh, read the book? I have not read the book. I'm not the most prolific reader out there. I'll admit that. Um, but I knew it was like a big iconic work of fiction. And I like I know a lot of people who care quite a bit about this story. My um, uh, this is like one of my mom's favorite stories. She loves Little Women more than like anything I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so like this was this was my real first introduction to the story. Um, and I liked it a lot. I thought it was very interesting. I thought the way the story was structured was interesting, which apparently is a bit of a departure from the book. But I thought like the whole flashback thing worked really well. I thought it helped explain where things come from very well. And obviously the cast was just incredible in this movie. Absolutely one of the most important parts. Um, Saoirse Ronan really leads this movie hard. Laura Dern with a really good supporting role. And um, one of our favorites, Florence Pugh, in a very uh. surprising great supporting role who like apparently this character is really disliked among fans of the book but she brought some humanity to the character that people are actually like turning around now on on the uh, their views on this character yeah i do oh i don't like this in the book i feel like i liked all of the characters in the book but i read the book when i was in like middle school uh I don't know. I thought she was great. Um, I, I was sort of distracted by Saoirse Ronan the whole time. But every time Florence Pugh showed up, I was like, she really is like nailing this like role that could have been. And I mean, she is an easily dislikable character, I would say. And she's like also kind of a side character in the way that she shows up in the film, at least. But the way that Florence Pugh plays her just grabs your attention in every scene that she's in, I feel. Yeah, I think that's right. And I um and I don't know, even like the scene where she like full spoilers, um she like burns Sersha Ronan's like manuscript. Like I don't know, like even then it's sort of like it's hard to for me to hate her. I was like I should feel something about this because as a writer, like that's like I <laughs> the worst sin of all. I mean, like now everything's digital, but if you like deleted my file, you know, like I would be pretty pissed off. Um, but like, I don't know, like she's sort of feeling like they're in this small town and she doesn't really like lonely, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And like, yeah, even if you like see what she's doing, you're like, that's not right or whatever. You can sort of understand her reasons for doing it, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just felt like every character in this movie was really like, fully developed, really likable and enjoyable to watch on the screen. And just the whole thing was just delightful. I felt <laughs> like the, there's sad, there's sad parts of the movie, certainly, but like the whole thing is 
in general like a pretty heartwarming movie it's like the the polar opposite to uncut gems where the entire time it's like you're feeling bad and what's so good about the movie is how bad it makes you feel what's good about this movie is it makes you feel good i think it it in the end of it it has a positive message to it it does it's it's almost like yeah I, I don't know like you're watching it and you're sort of like i could like hang out with these these ladies forever like you want to just like be friends with them and like go live in whatever like home and town they live in and like <laughs> like be friends and have big dinner together like put on little place that's all i want to do like <laughs> yeah and it's just it's such a such a nice life that they live that like they all care about each other that they all like have their own creative pursuits that they're developing and they're always working on helping each other with. Yeah, I guess that's that's it's... and like that's an issue because I think that um the characters in the movie themselves have some issues with like the conversation we literally just had about this movie. Um, you know, I think even like Joe mentions in the movie, she's like, "Well, who wants to read about domestic trials and joys?" And it's like, "Well, why shouldn't anyone want to?" That's what most of us live. The vast majority of us just live lives where all it is is little domestic troubles and pleasures here and there yeah. like, you know we don't yeah. live like we don't all go throw cursed rings into the fires of <laughs> bringing lord of the rings back there's some very sad parts about this and uh spoiler alert right here but obviously when their their sister dies like that's a very harsh part of the movie um and very like that weighs very heavy in the theater like you're sitting there and i i felt very sad during that part but that's like that's the emotional weight center of the movie there. And after that, things get better. And it's like, yeah, you can see like people's lives unfolding on the screen and just like generally in a positive way. And I like that. And I felt like the movie had a lot to say about like women's roles in society and why like they at the time they weren't very great but they were trying to work on them, trying to improve and become like more important, trying to get people to recognize their importance in society. Um, and I think it's obviously a very relevant uh, message for today. Still, like it, even even with this book that's like almost two hundred years old, is still very relevant today. I think that the movie obviously worked hard to still be relevant to today because it's easy for a story like lost uh in translation and i think that that's just another credit to greta gerwig and like her writing and directing that she made it still feel completely like this is timely this matters right now this story of like a time that has completely passed us we are not living in that era anymore um but so much of it it's of it still yeah yeah absolutely i mean like it it feels at once both rooted in the time it takes place in and also very relevant today. And that's the, that's the mark of a classic right there. Like, uh, Oh, this could easily be a classic when this movie's out on home release. This is like a new sick day movie. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Uh, like it, it is, even though there's, there's harsh parts of it, it's still like generally feel good. Yeah, it's ultimately an uplifting film. I think that generally it is trying to like show you that even in 
going on in the world. A lot of that apparently is family and sisterhood, and that's great. Um, so yeah, family's important. Surprisingly enough, so and it's it's very. Jim's might actually disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> family. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not great with his family in Uncut Gems, is he? <laughs> Uh, these sure not. The more uh, I think about it, the more like polar opposite these movies are. These movies are um, literally the exact opposite movies. Uncut um, Gems is a very masculine movie in a way. Um, I think that's. I mean, this is a whole other. Th- the Safdie brothers are. That's what they do. Like yeah. Good Time is the same way. I would say. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, it makes sense that we have an episode where we are contrasting the Safdie brothers and Greta Gerwig, who I think Greta Gerwig is excelling at like at a woman, like I don't want to say a woman's movie because that's not a real thing, but you know what I mean? Like as being like a, a director who's a woman and talking about like issues that are pertinent to women and making right, movies that yeah. aren't like, exactly. I don't know, like masculine ideal, like the Safdie brothers are harshly lampooning masculine ideals in certain ways, right? Like, yeah, they're not exactly like supporting their protagonists. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think I don't think you're supposed to come out of good time or uncut gems being like, yeah, I want to be just like that guy. Exactly. Uh, Whereas like in Greta Gerwig's movies, you're supposed to come out and you are supposed to feel encouraged by the women you saw because they are good people doing good things from the harsh hands they've been dealt. And so like, I think that that like really does I think that a part of that is related to gender. And I think that that's important. Um, and I think that's awesome. I mean, I, th- I think it, it, it says a lot about who they are as directors. So, yeah, yeah. They're both, both great directors. I mean, odd to say both because it's three of them. Technically all great directors. Um, Hard to imagine the Safety brothers without one another. Yeah, no, I, I, I love director teams a lot, especially when they're brothers like that, like yeah, the Safties, brothers the or sisters. Um, I, yeah, the Wilka- well, the Wachowski sisters. Wachowskis. Now. Yeah, um, I said Wachowski. I didn't say. I didn't. I didn't say brothers. Yeah, I said Wachowskis. I said yeah, Wachowskis the, technically. Watch out! <laughs> don't say Wachowskis. They are the Wachowskis. Um, yeah, but like any any sort of director team, especially when they're related, I find very interesting um because like that's like someone you grew up with making movies which is when will and greta gerwig team up that's what we need to know that that would be very interesting i mean i i'm also fascinated by director marriages because like come on like do do one film together just to see what i also do think that their films lend themselves to a certain degree of collaboration like they're the themes that they explore really do there's some overlap there and yeah. they could produce something very interesting because they are both very interested in like domestic life of like the yeah. middle class like that's it's, what it's they're interested all in. about like family life family struggles and inner conflicts within that nuclear family unit um, right so they like they could definitely uh do something together there um i'm sure that their work influences one another regardless but i think that it would be interesting to see them literally team up right another interesting uh director pair that i found out about recently is uh barry jenkins director of uh moonlight and 12 years a slave 
is dating Lulu Wang, who directed uh, The Farewell this year. That is interesting. No. Yeah. I did not uh, know that. <laughs> they, they should make a movie together, too. We need more, more relationship-based films. And I think that would be good. I am all here for duo directors. We should have couples directing movies, not necessarily romantic couples only, but pairs i'm i'm in for it let's make that the next trend in film any yeah any any i I love two directors for anything because they're always bringing their own unique perspectives and melding them together um it's what i found so interesting about the grindhouse movie i mean tarantino and rodriguez working together that's that's pretty cool yeah Um, i think that's awesome uh, Rodriguez does a lot of stuff like that. I mean, he worked with Tarantino on From Dust Till Dawn. He worked w- on Sin City with the, what's his name? The guy who actually made the comic books for Sin City, Frank Miller. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love I love director collaboration. Oh, and one, <laughs> one, one director collab that definitely can't be overlooked, uh, Daniels for Swiss Army Man. I mean, I haven't thought about Swiss Army Man since when it came out, when I saw it in theaters. I I keep meaning to rewatch it. It's so good. It's so like it's the weirdest concept in the world. And yet it does. It approaches it in the most like loving and touching way you can imagine. Oh, which, yeah, it's very good. I, I recall very much liking it. I I just I think it's really an impressive movie. Everyone go watch Swiss Army Man. It's please do. It's like one of the most heartfelt movies I've ever seen. I think we've covered Uncut Gems and Little Women pretty well. I don't want to go too in depth on either of them because it's been a while since either of us have seen those movies and they're still in theaters. So if you want to know about these movies, go see them. Just go see them. Yeah, they're there. They're waiting for you to see them. These movies need your support. Because otherwise, all we're going to see is more Iron Mans, more Star Wars movies. We need more movies like Uncut Gems and Little Women. So go see these films. We do. I cannot endorse uh, that message. <laughs> so um, getting down to our strictly Oscars segment of the night. Um, we've got some work cut out for us um, at... Like last year, we're trying to see every film that's been nominated. Um, It's always a big challenge. There's always like one or two movies that are just so hard to see. We we don't even know how we're going to do it. But we're setting out with the goal of seeing every film. And if we fall a bit short, at least we'll know that we gave it our best. We will try our best. I am very concerned. I, I have deep concerns about this one, but that's okay. You never yeah. know. You never know. So right now for me, I have 20 movies left to see. That in, That's counting each of the shorts programs as one movie each. So the live action shorts are one movie. The animated shorts are one movie, etc. Um, so, so all shorts are one movie. All live action shorts are one movie. And all documentary shorts are one movie. Yeah, exactly. So I'm counting those as three oh, collectively. I have not. I have another fifteen. Oh, shit. Okay. Do you do you know how many you have left? I'm not 
Like that way. I know how many I have the like just like Oh, I mean, uh, you can you can count them the same way and just subtract 12 and then you'll have the answer because I'm at 31 total. And that's counting the shorts individually. Right. So, OK, so then 19. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. So you're slightly ahead of me right now. Um, I have not been that productive since the nominations came out. Um, I did I see. I did see Pain and Glory at like in theaters, which is really good because I like that movie's been out for months. I was surprised it was still in theaters and like I don't know how else I would have seen that movie otherwise. Um, And I watched Klaus on Netflix, which is nominated for Best Animated Feature. So I've gotten two ticked off. since the nominations came out, I'm down to 20 right now. See, which I've been more than that. So you yeah. were you did off better than I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I I saw a lot of stuff in theaters this year that's nominated. Fortunately, um, so I got off to a good head start. But I'm a little worried about some of the nominees that are left for me. Um, so. I know like Bombshell and 1917 are still in theaters. I still need to see those and those should be fairly easy for me to see. Um, Richard Jewell, unfortunately I missed while it was in theaters. So I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to see that. Um, Not quite sure how that's going to work out. So we'll see. Um, I'm a little worried about, Oh my gosh. Sorry. I just realized I have a showing of the cave at my AMC, but um... Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be available online. I'm hoping, but uh, we'll see. That is an iffy one for me. Uh, The Cave nominated for Best Documentary. Uh, Les Miserables um, is one that a lot of people are having trouble with. It's one of the best foreign films this year. Fortunately, it is at the E Street Theater near me, so I will be seeing it there. Going to place a high priority on that because who knows how long that's going to be around. Um, and the one that both of us are extremely worried about this year is Corpus Christi best foreign film, not released, (laughs) yeah, not released widely in the United States until I believe April. It's definitely, it's definitely after the ceremony. So I'm like, I'm really upset about this. It's showing in a couple of like film festivals and one-off repertory screenings around the country. So I'm like, in theory, there's a way I could track it down, but it's like, how far am I going to travel to see this movie? Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that either more screenings get announced or a screener comes out or something, but it's, it's looking pretty dire. That's the one that I'm really afraid of. I think that I think I'm in the same position. I think that's the one I'm the most worried about. I hope I hope it shows up somewhere. That's all I I don't know. Why don't we why don't we take a moment here because we haven't discussed it yet. What are we drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking gin and tonic. Um, <laughs> what, a, just, what? What a coincidence. Me too. What? Really? We're both drinking gin and tonics. 
We're drinking wow. uncut gins. Stop. <laughs> Technically, they're cut gins because there's tonic, but we're drinking gins for gems. Do you have lime in your gin and tonic? No, I don't. I'm not I'm not that dedicated to the gin and tonic life, unfortunately. I always keep at least one lime around so that I can have gin See, and tonic with lime. Now that's smart. All right. I'm now I'm gonna go get a lime tomorrow to like even this out because that's a major shortcoming on my part. I apologize, everyone. I yeah. do not have a lime in my gin and tonic. You are missing tonight. out. Gin and tonic is the best with that. Gin and tonic is my favorite cocktail, so this is like I feel strongly about this. Um, it's good. It's a good basic cocktail. It's nice to it's it's easy to make, easy to drink, goes down smooth. Love it. So tasty. I love gin. Gin's my second favorite liquor. So I'm glad that we're both drinking that and we did not plan that um whatsoever. And that's gonna sound like I was faking that, but to be clear, <laughs> we literally did not know we were both drinking gin and tonic. We definitely um, didn't plan this. What do you uh, know? Huh? <laughs> um we did not discuss that at all. So, um, and so, that's also not like, I think we had a, a drinking scale at one point. To be clear, I'm not drinking liquor because I thought what we were talking about was bad. <laughs> no, no. Although if if I were to assign a rating to Uncut Gems, it would definitely be liquor because absolutely, like, 100%. holy fuck, you're drinking liquor. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a hardcore uh, movie. Uh-huh. And uh, Little Women, I don't know, like wine maybe, but. Yeah, I think I just sip like an easy drinking wine for Little Women. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're drinking liquor for this episode as a whole, I'd say. Just getting down to the nominations in general, not even focusing on what we're going to watch. Um, any specific ones that jump out to you when we're talking about it? It was hard for anything to jump out because it was the most like obvious set of nominations of all time. Um, uh, the Joker got the most nominations. I just need everyone to be <laughs> fully aware of that reality that we live in. Yeah. Uh, Joker is the most, the single most Oscar nominated film of the year. The, um, the Joker could pull off a uh, Return of the King here and just win like 10 Oscars. Or something. It's absolutely not going to do that, but yes, it could. Um, However, we must discuss the real possibility that Joker has a very strong chance of winning, like, of sweeping some of the big ones. Like, best picture, best actor, and best director, Joker stands a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely best actor is a very strong, uh, like, Joker has a very strong chance of winning that category. Um, and yeah, best director and best picture are definitely in play. Who knows? it's nominated for some major categories there. It's nominated for best adapted screenplay too. Um, and I, yeah. I definitely, I think that I think Greg Gerwig is winning best adapted screenplay. I really hope that she does because that would be, that's, that's probably the highest award that I see little women winning. And I would definitely like to see it win an award that big. Um, obviously I guess, I guess they could win best actress too, but I feel like the screenplay speaks more to the quality of the film in general. That's always nice. Yeah. Like there have been bad, bad movies that still got acting awards before. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be nice to see like a, a screenplay award because that's really going to like a good movie. 
Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that Antonio Banderas got nominated for Best Actor for Pain and Glory, uh, which I just saw. Um, he has never been nominated for an Oscar before. That's which, crazy. Yeah, I like I couldn't believe that when I heard it. I was like, what? Antonio Banderas has been around for decades. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, it's kind of weird that this is the one he gets nominated for, but like, it's a very good movie. His performance in it is incredible. Uh, and it's a very personal movie for the director, Pedro Almodovar, who um, has worked with Banderas on many, many films in the past. So it's it's nice for him to get nominated for this. Uh, he's going up against... It, a, I can't say. You should check it out. He's going up against some tough competition, though. So uh, it's hard to see him winning this category, but it's nice to see him nominated for once. Like that, that was so strange to me. He's never been nominated before. That is weird to me. I'm trying to think if I can think of things off the top of my head where he's really been given the chance to be in movies that deserve, like, that would have been nominated. And I guess I can't think of as many as I might think, but like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that it's never come up, you know? <laughs> right. Um, he's such a good actor and he's been around for so long. Um, but I guess lots of actors and actresses have been around for a long time and never got any nominations. So Right. Yeah. Um Is I this think... Adam Sandler's first? He's not nominated. Oh no, he's not. Wow. Is this his first one where he was even really in consideration ever? I don't know. Like, like the the only one I would have thought he might get nominated for before is Punch Drunk Love. I don't. Wow, know this is the Wedding that. Singer, like <laughs> Erasure. <don't>... Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you think he he should have been nominated for that one? I love the Wedding Singer. I love it so much. It's such a good movie, and he is very very good in it. I've been meaning to check it out for years, but I I definitely I definitely want to now. I feel like Adam Sandler really proved himself in this movie and he did. Yeah. If, if not for us knowing exactly how Adam Sandler n operates, I feel like we'd be due for Adam Sandler Renaissance right now. You know, like we, we did with Matthew McConaughey a few years ago, but Adam Sandler is definitely going to just go back to making terrible movies. In fact, he actually promised that if he didn't get nominated for an Oscar, he would make the worst movie he possibly could. The uh, worst movie he can possibly make, though, is going <laughs> to be the best movie of our goddamn year. Like, so, yeah, <laughs> get ready for that, folks. It's I mean, coming. Jack and Jill three. He's gonna skip Jack and Jill two and just make Jack <laughs> and Jill. Three. He'll go straight to three. That 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 would be the sort of thing he would do, actually. <laughs> That um, that would be like smart though for like the fans that he's trying to please with Jack and Jill. <laughs> no offense yeah. to those fans. It's just like that would be like that's for like uncut gems fans. That's not for <laughs> <laughs> only only we would appreciate that. Uh yeah, so he was not nominated for You're right. Uh, I just like love. I lived so, in a world where I thought he was nominated for things. I, I think I, I'd assume he hasn't been nominated for anything else. I mean, I'm sure he's no, been nominated for some Razzies. Are you sure he hasn't <laughs> been nominated for a little Nikki? Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, very highly acclaimed film. I little now Nicky. pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Nothing has done more to set back gay rights than that film. Um, 
probably not true <laughs> milo yiannopoulos exists yes that's <laughs> oh god all right um moving on uh the best supporting actor race this year is very interesting because it's literally like what it's the same as the golden globes it's just like incredibly stacked have you ever seen a cat and like an acting category that is the this best supporting actor yeah that is this spread out it's tom hanks Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. Yeah, that's rough. It's um, like every single one of them is a heavy hitter, and it's the supporting category. I mean, I, supporting is often, I feel, a pretty stacked category just because like, it can be kind of a broad collection of people who get nominated. And so like, right. you're left with like all of these people, like a a halfway decent movie can have amazing supporting roles. Like, <laughs> like it is easy for a not even like excellent movie to have, you know, like a, a great movie. You generally think it's going to at least have great leading roles. No matter. I mean, it's hard to have a great movie where the lead roles are bad. Right. So like, but like you can have a bad movie worse. A number of the supporting roles are pretty great like <laughs> yeah but so, i mean it's it's interesting to see like all the nominees for supporting actor this year could potentially be the lead in a different movie yes like, there, all there's... of these all of these supporting actors could be leads um i mean but, but you could say the same thing of the best supporting actress they are all leading actresses. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Uh, Even like, I mean, like, I couldn't, I wouldn't see Florence Pugh leading a movie of that size, but she, like, obviously we've seen her in leading roles, like Midsummer, fantastic. She did knock that out of the park. So, right. yeah. And so anyone in that category, you're right, could have also been a lead. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the best supporting actress category is pretty stacked too. Yeah, they're both stacked. Yeah. I mean, I and I don't even really know who's like the front runner um, in either of them. I think that Tom Hanks has an edge just because he's Tom Hanks and best supporting actor. Um, I also loved his Fred Rogers. I thought it was great. Um, I think it's a shame that that's the only thing A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood got nominated for. Um, yeah, that was that was a fantastic movie, and it was very like cleverly directed i love yeah, i way. thought it was it was really weird it was i love the way they mix the miniatures in and they had like the like fantasy sequences and stuff yeah it was quietly very strange and different and not like anything else you're gonna see this year mm -hmm. um yeah and so i think it's a shame that the only thing it got nominated for was the tom hanks performance which like yes he was great but it's like sort of just like an obvious gimme um yeah yeah uh, like there's there's so many other things that were interesting about the movie as well and um yeah obviously like the first thing that sticks out is tom hanks in that movie because he really just does everything he can to recreate fred rogers which is uh amazing and extremely like heartrending for someone of my generation to experience yeah. um but, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I do think I like Matthew Riss as the lead more than I like Tom Hanks in that movie. Um, I just found him very compelling. He's very good, absolutely. Um, um, but, and, but yeah, and, uh, I love Tom Hanks 
too. Chris Cooper is also a very good supporting actor in this movie. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. Very under acclaimed for what he does in this because his role is extremely important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that movie was extremely touching and I, I do wish it had seen more than just one nomination, but, but again, yeah, I do think are. Tom Hanks is the, is probably the front runner for that category. I just can't, I can't see the two popes winning. I just can't. Um, <laughs> I still have yet to see the two. I haven't popes, watched it. It's just that the buzz around it has not been big enough for me to be like, yes, there are people voting for that to win best supporting actor. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Like I haven't seen 1917, but I've heard so much about 1917. But 1917 this, is fucking amazing. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. I haven't seen the two popes, but I've heard barely anything about the two popes. Exactly. Which is yeah. not the best sign. Like so, I just I I, it's hard for me to imagine like Hopkins winning. It's hard for me to imagine anybody from the Irishman winning. I just no matter how good that movie was, and I do think it's very good, I don't think acting was, like, its strongest suit. So it's, like, it's like it's weird to me that that's even, like, a thing that we're talking about with it. I don't know. Like, the acting was fine. It, it was typical Scorsese acting, which is not a knock against Scorsese, but it's his typical characters. It's not that big of a deal to me. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that, um, actually, Robert De Niro was incredibly good in this movie and i thought it was kind of strange that he didn't get a best lead actor nomination yeah he was better than either pesci or pacino in my opinion he was the standout by far and especially like the third act is entirely uh centered on his acting and he like nails it and like really brings this like heavy weight and sadness to that role um and a lot of like most of this discussion about this movie centers on his acting in the latter half of that movie. Yeah. And, but he didn't get nominated. It's kind of weird. And like, there's a lot of other good actors nominated in that lead category, but um, it's still kind of odd that he didn't get that nom. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Pacino was very good. So I guess I, I, if I had to pick any of them other than De Niro, I would say Pacino was a good, good choice. Right. Um, yeah. Um, if it had been Pesci, if only Pesci had been nominated and not Pacino, I would have been mad. But like, <laughs> um, uh, and like, I don't know, like Brad Pitt's very good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but is he best supporting actor? Mm, probably not. Uh, yeah. He's just, his he's character very... was like his character was not that hard like no offense to brad pitt but <laughs> he's very entertaining and fun but not really like a hard character to, to portray he's kind no. of like a hammed up version of brad pitt which yeah. is it, it's very fun to watch but it is it not is not the most brad pitt the is most literally character. always fun to watch and you can take that as you wish he's a delight to look at um but he's especially not, in this movie especially in this movie but it, you know is does that mean he needs to be nominated for i don't know i don't know if it does um that's okay though uh, so i just think really what I'm, much i think has this one on lock i'd be very surprised to see any of those others win it i really would mm. whereas best supporting actress I don't know. I think that a lot, a lot of those people stand a chance. Like 
I don't think Kathy Bates stands a chance. Sorry, Kathy Bates. Um, I, <laughs> you were in Richard Jewell. Nobody cared. Um, <laughs> but Laura Dern is like having a moment just like in social media and in the world. Like everybody loves Laura Dern right now, yeah. which is Who great. And I Dern? fucking love Laura Dern. So that's She's awesome. amazing. She's yeah. incredible. Uh, but she is definitely having a moment. So that just like her odds have gone way up. Uh, meanwhile, Scarlett Johansson is being, I mean, Jojo Rabbit is one of Scarlett Johansson's best roles in a while. And I'm saying that in a yeah. year where she also did Marriage Story, which is also one of her best roles in a while. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> so it's what like, what? What I think is weird is like, there, there seems to be a lot of hate online for Jojo Rabbit. And I don't get it. Like, I don't think it was the best movie, but I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it's undeserving of the nominations that it's gotten. But I loved Jojo Rabbit. Um, it's really weird. Like everyone seems to hate this movie, and like they're treating it like it's Bohemian Rhapsody or something. I'm like, I'm sorry, this movie is so much better than some of the movies that got nominated last year. Absolutely, uh, like Easily. this is at at its base level a well constructed movie that's quite entertaining and there's like a vision in this movie like bohemian yeah. rhapsody didn't have any sort of like unique directorial vision whereas jojo rabbit has taiko itd's like very you can feel that it. i mean you can watch this movie and know that it's him if you know anything about him like yeah. <laughs> it's got his fingerprints all over basically yeah yeah uh, it's very good so yeah I don't, I don't get the hate for that and especially i think scarlett johansson was incredible in that so yeah She's i do very think, very good i have I all i have all of the same qualms people have with scarlett right. johansson but like you know this is the woman who said that she should be able to play a tree if she wants to again <laughs> no it. but like oh. but like she is very good here and she is very good in marriage story this is a good year for scarlett johansson and i think odds are she wins one of those awards I, right. I mean, I just feel like it seems likely not just because it's rare to be nominated for both, if that's ever even happened. I don't know. Um, but it definitely, I think that when it comes time to vote, there's going to be some favorable looking upon of the fact that she was nominated. Yeah, um, that's true. But meanwhile, Florence Pugh is having a year as well. Um, everybody loved year. Midsummer Quite and Little Women. And she is like, it girl in Hollywood right now, but she's also up against one of Hollywood's other it girls. And that's Margot Robbie <laughs> who is yeah. like having a really good couple of years. So it's like, there are like four women here who could very easily win this award. I think it's like any of them except Kathy Bates are winning this. Like, <laughs> and it's Sorry, really Kathy hard Bates. to know it. I mean that honestly, we can even t talk about why it's Kathy Bates who's the odds one odd one out here when she's like clearly like the older of the group and like you know um like the rest are like younger and acting younger yeah. all the time very um, well revered actress yeah yes um, Kathy Bates is amazing and I'm sure she's very good in Richard Jewell I don't doubt that for a second because I've never seen anything Kathy Bates does where she's bad mm -hmm. um but you were in Richard Jewell I'm sorry you chose to be in the Clint Eastwood movie <laughs> you did it to yourself um <laughs> i've heard good things about richard jewel though so I, i've yet to see it so i i can't pass judgment yet but i don't know um yeah so it, it's definitely a stack category there Did as well you see the last clint eastwood movie which one was that the train to paris 
one? No, no, I, I definitely I heard bad things about that it one. It was fucking <laughs> awful. It was like <laughs> it was like, well, what if there was a good guy with a gun? Oh, and it's like no. I mean, and like literally that's the plot of that happened in reality. I mean, so it's I like can't. Yeah. It's hard I, to be like, I get it. It's hard to be like you're being ridiculous when it's like that is literally what happened. Like the reality is what if there was a good guy who was willing to fight back? But like does it have to be so heavy-handed? Do you have to be so just like blatantly conservative? Well, and I can't say that I liked American Sniper that much either. So no, yeah, either. I, yeah. <laughs> I am skeptical going into this, but I don't know. I I have heard good things about this movie from reviewers that I trust. So I am I'm conflicted. We'll see how it goes. When I, I yeah. I'm reserving my judgment basically. Um director this year is even without Greta Gerwig, who, as we said, should have been nominated, um, it's it's really a crapshoot. Um, it is. Uh, it, I think it is a crapshoot. I think the clear front runners should be Sam Mendes and Bong Joon Ho. Interesting. I mean, I haven't seen 1917, so I don't know. Oh that, my god, it's so good. It is interesting. So good. That you instantly put him above like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. I've seen uh, all of these movies. You haven't. Um, I know. I know. So that's what I, that's what I find interesting as okay. someone coming in not having seen this movie. I am a believer that Martin Scorsese's best work is behind him at this point. Um, just like based on the past like six, seven, ten years of movies. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, and that's not to say that anything he puts out now is bad. It's just that like. Like, you know, he's not making Taxi Driver anymore. I gotta right. say. I mean, that's and true. So, but um, I thought The Irishman was was a pretty incredible achievement. And it is a step in a better direction than he'd been doing for a while. Like, it's not Shutter Island. And for that, I'm grateful. Excuse me. Thanks. Shutter Island is fantastic. <laughs> Did you see that tweet going around today that was like, <laughs> the moment... <laughs> The moment we all saw Leonardo DiCaprio smoking a cigarette is when we should have known that sh there was something amiss in Shutter Island. And it, like his hand looks really flawed. It's like his fingers we, are spread out like six inches. And, like there's something we, wrong. We retweeted that tweet today. Oh, I, I retweeted that. You okay. did. Okay. I was like, um, who did that? Okay. Good. Um, I forgot that I retweeted that to the, the pod account. Sorry. Um, yes uh i stand by that that was really funny and it's true why did well, leonardo dicaprio hold a cigarette like that? that's fine no my interpretation is that he doesn't actually smoke but that the the version of himself that he is in that scene smokes so oh he's sure not quite okay sure that's how to good, do yes. i love flexing <laughs> um and, um I just don't think The Irishman is one of his best examples, and I don't think that the Academy is going to think it's one of his best examples of directing. I'm sorry. I, I just don't believe that that's true. It's quite good, but it is going up against some pretty remarkable achievements this year, so I it would be very surprising for that one to win. I, I, but then I guess, like, there's, like... I mean, there is a case for any of the other four. Um, I do think that Tarantino has to be in the conversation, first of all, because he hasn't won before, even though we might think that that's a bad reason to pick a winner. We know the Academy does that. Yes. On and, a realistic level. Yes. Uh, re speaking realistically, I think that he stands a good chance for that. And I just think also, that's 
and also because he made a very well-made movie about Hollywood itself. I know, and they and fucking love know, that shit. They goddamn we know love it. the Academy loves that. Um, and it's like not like super disparaging of Hollywood. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> if you make a loving tribute to Hollywood, you're definitely at least getting a nomination. Um, so. Yeah, I do. I do think he stands a really, really good chance. Um, it's just a bummer because I think that out of this group, in terms of like directorial accomplishments, I think Bong Joon Ho and Sam Mendes, I think they can look back on these films the best in a decade and like be like, yeah. oh yes, these were great films that really like said something about my body of work and my belief system. I mean, I, I think that Bong Joon Ho should win for director and. Parasite should win for best picture. So I'm yes, totally with I you agree. There. I think Parasite should. I think Parasite should sweep everything that was nominated. This for. this podcast Give Parasite will... best international and best picture. <laughs> fucking do it. You won't. I know you yes. won't. But fucking do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> this podcast will definitely be pulling for Parasite in any category it's nominated for. So we can put that aside. But yeah, I wonder try... if Parasite actually stands a chance. Because of the backlash immediately to the the nominations, which were super white. And so, like, you know, Parasite was one of the few non-white films being represented here. Maybe they'll vote for it. I, I have to think it's in the running. I, I really feel like Best Picture is going to be either Joker 1917 or Parasite. I Like... We're we're going three very different paths there, but I think it's you probably going to be one of those. You don't think it's going to be Ford versus Ferrari? No, <laughs> I, I I I really enjoyed Ford versus Ferrari. I thought I it was a very even fun got nominated film. for Best Picture. That's but fucking hilarious. That was like a it, three out of five star movie. Like, calm yeah. down, people. Like, I, <laughs> I I like that movie quite a bit, but I it does feel like by far the odd man out here. Uh, <laughs> there are better animated films nominated than that one. Yeah. Oh, Missing yeah. Link is a better movie. Let's talk about the animated feature. I, I really like the animated feature category this year. Um, I haven't seen them all yet, so I can't. We, I mean, I haven't seen them all either, but I, I feel like we actually have like a good variety here. Um, I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon. We or... do. Only one of them is Disney. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon or I Lost My Body, but... I, I have seen the others like Toy Story 4 obviously is the fourth installment in the Toy Story series. Not the most exciting Thank you but... for that explanation. <laughs> it's not the most exciting, but it's it's an okay film. Missing Link is incredible. Missing Stop Link motion, is very good. I like Stop motion animation, very original. Um and it won the Golden Globe. So I think it has a chance to win here. I would love that. Klaus I think Missing I... Link is the front runner. I think yeah. that's like a, a I, I think there's a good chance of it. Yeah. Klaus, I just watched a few nights ago. Um, very good, absolutely like a heartwarming, fun animation film with great animation, great story, great voice acting. Everything about it is fantastic. Um, and I haven't seen I Lost My Body, but I've heard very good things about it. And like the trailers that I've seen look very unique and interesting. So I'm excited for that one. And How to Train Your Dragon, you know, another movie in that installment. I didn't like it. At least at least there's only two movies in this category that are like part of a franchise. Like I feel like animation in the past few years has 
fallen victim to the big franchises and the big studios. And now don't bash boss baby. God, I will bash that movie so much. (laughs) This, this year, like we're seeing a bit more of films outside of the big studios and the big franchises. So I'm excited about that. Actually best animated last year was better. What, what was there last year? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, that was good, yeah. Incredibles 2, which was whatever. Uh, Isle of Dogs, Mireille, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Okay, I really but liked like, that section. Out of those, like, Isle of Dogs and Mireille were the only original movies. And, like, Spider-Man Spider- Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse was good, but it was based on a franchise. But it's still very original. I I will I will give that movie so much credit for like being in a franchise and still being very original. So like I do think that that is a good inclusion there. But still, like I like also won. Yeah. Oh, I'm very glad it won because we could have been way worse in that category. I also love Um, Murray. Remember when you were obsessed with the Murray song? Oh, I'm still obsessed with Murray song. (laughs) That was amazing. You need to go see um, Weathering with you. There's some good songs. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm i excited for that. A, another really interesting looking uh, Japanese animation film that's out right There's now. There's something Japanese animation films have the best soundtracks. There's like a it's like a it's a rule. So oh, yeah. I mean, well, because there's like some really good songwriters over there who don't get the same exposure to yeah. Western audiences. So just know that I was crying and I was listening to this soundtrack and I was like, yeah, this is good. I want this. Mm-hmm. Um, Weathering with you better be up for best animated next year. That's all I'm saying. That would be cool. All right. Um, let's close out just by talking about screenplays and cinematography. I think that's Ooh. about all we can bear for the length of this podcast i'm in but okay screenplays who do we think is going to win adapted again we're rooting for little women i think little women is actually going to win because they know that if they don't give greta gerwig herself one of the big ones it's going to be like it's going to go over really poorly that's a good point yeah it would be Um, weird so that's like my cynical take on it and also my like you know, passionate take on it would be that she deserves it because she adapted the hell out of that, that book. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, she adapted it for a modern audience. Yeah. And I mean, she made effort and skill. She made it interesting to people who haven't seen uh, anything from little one before who haven't read the book. And uh, she made it digestible to a modern audience. I mean, that's great. That's, that's what you hope to achieve with an adapted screenplay, especially when you're working with older material. Right. Um, I the other like... option would be the two popes, which because it's written by the guy who wrote the play too. Yeah. I mean, that uh, that's interesting. Again, haven't seen the two popes, so can't speak to its quality, but I yeah. think we can write off Joker and probably Jojo rabbit for screenplay. Joker would be so weird because it's not even like really based off a story. It's like just based off a character well, that brings up so many other stories because Marriage Story and 1917 are both based on true events. And then Once Upon a Ho- Time in Hollywood also is really until the very end. So how do you really <laughs> draw the line there? Um, yeah, apparently the line was drawn uh, between Joker and those other ones. So I don't know. Uh, fictional character versus real characters. 
Um, but it's still adapting from a whatever. Um, I I yeah. I don't see how Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an original story. But, I mean, then you could say that anything based off historic events was an adapted screenplay, which I think would be a little too far. Just incorporating historic events into your original screenplay doesn't make it adapted. Whereas the Joker was at least based off of prior written material. Yes, or... there's actual the, the characters in Joker are fictional to begin with. Yeah. Like, and they're based off of pre-existing characters. But it I does guess. like it does seem like it would be really weird for it to win an adapted screenplay uh award off of just using a character from especially when like the Joker connection in this movie is really not necessary to make the movie work. Like you could no. make the same movie without the Joker and it would still make sense. So it would know. still make logistical sense, but I don't think some of the like thematics of it would work the same way. Maybe not. But. Maybe not. Uh, it's, it certainly wouldn't have gotten as much attention if it hadn't been. Well, no, uh, absolutely not. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like little women for this category. I think it has a strong chance. And I'd say it has the best chance. I'd, I'd say yeah. that's yeah. Original screenplay knives out Ryan Johnson. Let's go. That's I would love I'm, to see it happen. I don't think it's going to, but I would like to see it happen. Yeah, that's my preferred pick. I think that that it definitely does not have the best chance of winning there. I mean, it's in with some heavy hitters. All the other nominees in that category are nominated for best picture. Baron yep. Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So, yeah, it doesn't have the best chance. So out of the other ones, I think, you know, Parasite, obviously, uh, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, those would be my favorites. I think that's probably true for me, too. Have you watched Marriage Story yet? Not yet. Uh, it's actually... very good, and the screenplay is actually quite good. Mm-hmm. No, Just because I, of I... the dialogue. It's not like the screenplay isn't the same as like something like a Parasite in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like, you know, more about the story not necessarily the dialogue marriage story is really about like the dialogue between the characters and i right. think it's really well written dialogue i've heard good things about it i you've seen it right yes absolutely so, is it sad and depressing i think it's less sad and depressing than you think it's gonna be okay good it's not like it um, is while you're watching it it gets pretty it can be a downer but i think the the ending is not you don't leave on like a sour, pessimistic note. I don't think. I think okay. you leave on an ultimately optimistic and positive note. So it's not like Revolutionary Road, basically. Oh God, no! That's just like <laughs> the saddest thing in the entire world. Um, <laughs> that's a horrible. No, it is not like that. Dear God. All right, um, good. I'm uh, I'm always hesitant to delve into movies that are like this about like just like domestic suburban type life no this is something th this is very different and far less i mean it's got its moments but it's not that bleak good all right well yeah I i'm in i'm excited for it um we'll see original screenplay again another pretty stacked category i'm hoping for knives out because it would be nice to see that movie gets something and I it, and i do think the screenplay is very interesting and knives out yeah um, I, that's it's it's strong suit i think is that it's, yeah. it's a very interestingly written film it's very original and unique and that's where screenplay comes into play 
a yeah, lot of times. I agree. Lastly, let's talk about cinematography. And this is exclusively because one I know of our favorites is dominated The Lighthouse. Oh my God. I could not imagine. Like, the only time that I was pulling for a cinematography nominee more than this was Roger Deakins for Blade Runner because it was his time. He had to finally win something. But now I am rooting so hard for the lighthouse because goddamn if this movie won a fucking oscar that would be incredible that would be incredible so i also think that realistically its chances aren't zero you know um it i don't think the irishman and joker really stand a chance for cinematography yeah but the problem is like a lot of times those big movies that get nominated for the best picture stuff have a lot of downwind effects where they like will pick yeah, up. The but I, well. I still don't think Joker and Irishman stand a chance. Yeah, I so don't I think, think that it's really up that. against 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, 1917, I feel like is obviously a big contender. Roger Deakins, again, obviously one of the all time greats in cinematography nominated here again um hadn't won until very recently for blade runner but he um he's been nominated so many times he's very highly regarded and in addition like 1917 is supposed to be an incredible achievement in cinematography meant to appear to be one single shot throughout the entire film like that's like a get... middle break in the film but yes yeah i like obviously it's not shot in one take but it's supposed to like feel like it and like that's really impressive to be able to pull off um so that's definitely going to get some recognition for that but man the lighthouse the cinematography in that is so incredible they managed to work in this old school black and white like turn of the century type aesthetic from like so far ago with the square aspect ratio and just the entire thing. Ah, uh, it looks so perfect for the story that they're trying to tell. I just, I can't imagine a better suited choice of cinematography for the film that it's a part of. And I really feel like, this film deserves to win something because it is so unique and so fascinating and more people need to watch it. More people do need to watch it. I love the lighthouse and I would love to see it win something. If it won, I would be stoked. I do think you're probably right. And you're sort of feeling that 1917 has the, the, the odds on its side here. Um, just having seen 1917, it seems like, the sort of movie that would win this award by the Academy. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do think uh, the lighthouse is a much more interesting and unique use of cinematography. And the way it's done is, I don't know. I think I, not to say anything bad about Roger Deakins and 1917, but I, I do think the lighthouse was a more creative outing in that regard. Um, that's even kind of hard to say, though, actually. I don't know. I don't know who I want to win there. I loved 1917. I really, really liked it. 
it's it's always it's hard to root against Deacons. I mean, he's fantastic. He's it's just hard to root against 1917. I'm not gonna lie. Legend. I really think it was an amazing film. Um, it's one of my. It's like in terms of like awards bait dramas, war movies are like my like. They're just like my weak spot. They always yeah. win me over. Um, I just I always like to root for the smaller films and the genre films when they get put into these. Yeah, same. That's I mean that's why those I are the like ones that really need that extra boost. Uh, and they do and to pick them up. And it would be huge for somebody like what Jaron Blaschka to win the light for yeah. cinematography for the lighthouse. That'd be huge. That'd be a big deal. That will probably never be an opportunity that that they have again, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So and who knows? And, if and this is the kind of movie they're doing movie. cinematography for, like, <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, these are, I, I always love when a smaller film has an opportunity to win an award like this against big Hollywood pictures, because it shows that you can still achieve great things with a smaller budget with like seriously laid out vision that you carry through and right. i i absolutely love that so i'm gonna be pulling for the lighthouse we'll see how it goes but that's that's my pick it's respectable and, and there's a lot else that we could talk about now about the oscars obviously and we'll be talking more about it in the upcoming weeks because we're going to be seeing these movies we're going to be talking about them and we're going to be giving you our takes for what we think should win but uh, we hope that the listeners out there are also trying to see some of these movies and build their own opinions. And if you have any thoughts about these films or about who you think should win the Oscar, just don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're always here to hear your Oscar picks. We sure are. I want to hear all of them. I want to know everything you're guessing. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you'll help us fill out our, um, our brackets a little better. I, I've yet to bet on the Oscars. But one of these years, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it big like Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I've got, I've got Ryan Johnson points and rebounds. I've got uh, Todd Phillips for the opening tip. It's going to happen. All right. Um, (laughs) So go out, check out these Oscar nominations. There's a lot of great films nominated this year. Um, And let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter at Buzzed On Movies. Uh, you can find more of this podcast on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Um, and if you like what we're doing, don't be afraid to leave us a review. And uh, as always, we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies. <laughs>